Welcome. Yeah, I'll start it again. <laughs> Welcome to the Cover Four podcast. We're back another week. We had the whole group here last week, and then guess what? Jack's too famous for it. He's got <laughs> to go leave and, and take care of business. Uh, but we, we respect that. You know, Jack's doing big things, so uh, we're gonna let him rock. And but Cover Four, we got it. We got to It's another week. We got to We got to put out another episode. We uh, we, we cannot leave him. We have to leave him behind. Uh, Show goes on. Show must go on. Uh, even with Jack off doing whatever, uh, we 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 gotta we gotta put the episode out. We gotta talk about it. And this might be the most painful week to talk about. Has to be uh, at least so far. So far, easily. Um, it it was rough. Uh, but we can get into it. Um, first off, foremost, uh, how you guys doing? Doing well. Doing well. It's doing been well. Interesting year as a football fan. It's just like. I mean, you gotta like defense to really enjoy this year so far, and um, yeah, that fits the bill for me. I mean, we're from we like SEC football, so you know, same thing. Yeah. Excited to kind of dive into this week with you guys. I think it's going to be an interesting, interesting week to talk about. A lot of different games went a lot of different ways. A lot of different big name teams, if you will, if you're kind of thinking about that college analogy. A couple of these big name teams went down in fashion that a lot of people didn't see coming. So a lot of different little different topics to talk about today than we've had so far this season. So excited about that. Yeah, for sure. Uh, jumping into it. Well, first little introduction. We got me, your host, Riley Haltum, Justin Klimmer and Griffin Hadley. Um, we're going to jump into it. Uh, and yeah, Jack Foster, who, who's off doing big things, but we do have his picks and, and he got his picks in on time. He did. He did. Let's go Jack better than Griffin. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, yeah, we're gonna jump into it. Start straight off, game of the week. Griffin, go ahead. Yeah, so I'm gonna go with the Cowboys and the Chargers from Monday night. And now, I'll preface. I'll probably preface for the whole podcast here. There weren't any games that necessarily jumped out. And was like there were fireworks. This was an amazing game. Offenses were firing. Yes, there were some great offenses in week number six, but there wasn't necessarily a game with two of them. And so I went with Cowboys chargers because it was exciting and it was exciting till the very end. It was a very back and forth game. It was my game of the week. I like to pick a back and forth game and that's what we got with Cowboys chargers. Jack talked a lot about last week, how this was a big game as far as anticipation wise, because it was a big situation for both teams. Chargers were coming in at 500, two and two. And then the Cowboys are obviously trying to continue to prove themselves because it just seems like everybody's looking down on them constantly because that's the Cowboys that's their reputation and they seem like they just fall off every single year after a hot start so obviously Cowboys get the job done 20 to 17 get the job done at the end uh, one of the Chargers fans goes viral I don't know if you guys saw that one of the she one of the will. crazy Charger fans she was really into it so that was fun made the yeah, Pat McAfee yeah made the Pat plan. McAfee show this morning so um but yeah, with two nineteen left, the Cowboys kick a field goal to win, and it was very back and forth. And you could almost say that the Chargers chargered it um, once again. However, I I really don't think they blew it that much. But it it was a game I think they could have won. Is it is it time to have the Justin Herbert discussion? I don't know. I mean, I'm still waiting for him to win a playoff game. I think he, I think he a big a big game. They've been supposed to be easily in the playoffs, right? And yeah. easily in the conversation to make an AFC championship game, Justin Herbert's the guy they're building around him. They have the weapons. They have the team obviously like lost Mike Williams to the ACL injury, but it be, there becomes a time, like you said, Riley, where you have to start talking about it. I don't know if Justin Herbert's the issue, but something in the system, something in the locker room absolutely has to change because this team through week six, should no shape or form be under 500. Absolutely not. Yeah, I completely agree. And with Herbert, you know, we've never complained about his weapons, you know, saying, oh, he needs more help. But it has kind of been um, a lot of conversation about, like, oh, the offensive line is not good enough. But it's fine now. So, yeah, at this point, I'm just really confused on what's left, why we haven't seen him, you know, put together that uh, all-pro, maybe not MVP, but all-pro type of season. Yeah, I think, and I think part of that is his weapons aren't great right now. Um, I don't love Keenan Allen. I know he had that monster game earlier in the year, but I think that was more of a matchup thing. Uh, I, I think he's a bit past his prime, and I think it shows on the field when he's running routes and things. Quentin Johnson, they tried to get him early. He looks 
He doesn't look awful. Awful. He looks awful. <laughs> um, might might be the biggest bust of the draft. Looks like a tight end. Um, so far, yeah, he he's not moving well. Looks like he might be the biggest bust of the draft. Uh, this year. Beyond that, I mean, you got Eckler, who's great, but you lose Mike Williams for the season. Um, Josh Palmer, he's fine as a wide receiver three, but when you start thrusting him into that into that bigger role, uh, he's just not there for and, it. And he's not matching up with these marquee top end DBs, yep, right? Yep. Like if you're trying to split him out wide and make him the Mike Evans or even run him in routes where he's the top guy, that's just not realistic for him. And I don't mean to cut you off, Riley, but I think your point leads into we've talked a lot about guys who have a lot of targets and the issues with the amount of targets and the amount of catches because Keenan Allen had 11 targets and seven catches and Palmer had seven targets and four catches. Mm -hmm. And that's like similar to was it the Ravens that we talked about the other week where it seems like. When this is the case, it seems like when the quarterback's really accurate, we look at Miami, right? Tua's really accurate and there's not a whole lot of drops in that offense. Or at least he's been pretty consistent with efficiency. He, he's accurate. Yeah, he's been pretty the consistent. The arm strength is iffy, but he's true. accurate. Very true, very true. However, I think we've seen a lot of drops, and that has affected games yes. as a whole. You think you think kickoff, Kansas City, Detroit? Yes, yes, 100%. Major effect there. Had an effect in this game. Had an effect last week with the Ravens. Drops are a prevalent thing in the NBA or in the NFL this season. Sorry, just filmed an NBA podcast. So, <laughs> so getting my brain out of NBA mode, but uh, sure. you, you know, the, the NFL, it, it's, it, it's, it's a, becoming a problem. It's it, becoming a pass first league and you can't succeed mm-hmm. when the chemistry is hurt between the quarterback and the wide receiver. And when they're dropping, they're dropping passes, but also shout out Justin Herbert for, yeah. for having, one target, one reception for 10 yards. <laughs> I don't know if it really counts as a target, but, uh, you know, one reception for 10 yards. Shout out Justin we Herbert. Need, we, need to, we need to put a little bit of shine on Dak. He looked good this game. He was finally he mobile. Did. He did. I mean, it's been a long time since we've seen him uh, run like this. I mean, you think back to when he was like his, his first, he'd been around the league for a while, but like his first four years, he would run like he was still at Mississippi State. Um, since he kind of messed up um, his foot, he had like an ankle injury or something. Yep. Got him out for a whole year. I um, haven't really seen him move much, you know, coach is telling him to stay in the pocket, just, uh, you know, just develop plays um, from there. But, uh, I mean, when he was at his best, I feel like when he was a lot younger, uh, he was moving around the pocket, uh, you know, extending plays, you know, getting, you know, just reaching for the end zone. Like that read option was beautiful. Um, that uh, broken play to Pollard down the middle of the field that went like 60 yards was amazing. Uh, and overall, he just played a really good game. And, uh, you know, it's been a lot of, uh, negative stuff towards Dak, you know, most of his career because he's on the Cowboys, but a lot this year because uh, play has been a little subpar. But um, you know, if he if he can wiggle around the pocket a little bit more, I think uh, that's uh, a play style that suits him just a little bit better, and that's huge for the Cowboys. Yeah, certainly played well. Worth mentioning, leading rusher on the team yep. last game, seven, seven carries. Yeah, for forty yards compared to Tony Pollard's fifteen carries for thirty. And I think the I I I, I think that that goes a lot into what the Chargers' game plan was, which was to contain Tony Pollard on the ground. Um and they certainly did that. Um absolutely stuffed him. Definitely held him in check. Uh lost me a fantasy uh, match. <laughs> uh so that was tough. But um yeah absolutely I, I think that was the Chargers game playing going in and they succeeded. But uh Dak did it himself. Uh and that's something we haven't seen from him in, in a while. So uh shout out Dak. Definitely deserves it. Uh played well. Justin, your game of the week. Um, so really, the result is more impressive than like how the game looked. Like it wasn't a pretty game. It, it wasn't a good game at all. Honestly, you know, not many games this week were. But this was a huge win for the Bengals. You know, I said uh, the previous week we're about to find out how serious uh, the Cincinnati team is going up against the three and one Seahawks, who have looked very impressive so far this year. And you know, they got it done. It, it was through a lot of dink and dunk. You know, the running game really wasn't there. There wasn't any explosive plays on offense really but you know they went to their guys they went to I mean Jamar Chase got 13 targets Tyler Boyd had a lot of catches uh and then the defense it it really stood up and uh they have this rookie corner the Bengals do um I'm I'm blanking on his name um do you you remember what what his name is it's like DJ Turner I think is um for who the Bengals oh yeah yeah DJ DJ Turner Turner? he's been out of Michigan right he's been balling out this year he frustrated DK a little bit um and and that was enough for them to win the game and um, you know, the, the, the Seahawks had two chance, chances to go down the field and win it, and 
you know, Trey Henderson, Sam Hubbard were screaming off the edge mm-hmm. and uh, they mm-hmm. shut him down. And I, I really enjoyed that ending. It was in the jungle and a huge win for the Bengals. And, you know, their season's back on track now. Absolutely. I, I they, thought the sky was falling. Oh, yeah. Joe Burrow, he's moving around now. He's no longer a statue. He's no longer a green army, man. He's room, moving around. Um, it could be a little bit better. Offense wasn't great this game. But, I mean, you're three and three now. I mean, now you're back. You're back in it now. You're back in your own division has helped you as well with the Ravens and the Steelers and the Browns kind of battling each other. Obviously they battled the Bengals as well, but Bengals are Bengals are back. They're two and one at home and they're three and three overall. And they're, they're, they're doing better. And Joe Burrow, like you said, Justin, when he's mobile, he's a whole different player because he can make plays down the field better than a lot of guys in this league. And that's fun to watch. That's that just elevates the level of game for the Bengals. It elevates the watchability for the fans. And it's exciting to see the Bengals at this point. I like this game as well because leading into the week, like you talked about on the pod last week, this was an interesting game. You had the Seahawks over 500. You had the Bengals trying to get to that point. And this Bengals team wants to be competitive as far as AFC championship goes and even Super Bowl aspirations. And based on the last several weeks, it seems like they might have that in the tank. Obviously, a lot of things to work on. But based on this game, they were able to squeak out a game against a really, really tough opponent in the Seattle Seahawks. A Pete Carroll team plays really gritty and they play really hard. And so seeing the Bengals come out on top, it shows signs of positivity here over in Cincinnati. Yeah, yeah I think the Bengals are primed to take a step forward, and, and we've been kind of waiting on it for, for the entire season. But like it's every week a couple yeah. of us pick the Bengals, and we're yeah. like, surely it's got, surely they'll get on track this week. And they finally, it looks like they may have reached that point where they are finally on track and they're, they're winning the games that they're supposed to win. And the Bengals look like the Bengals yeah. uh, that we expected going into the season. That lo- they've Yeah, they've looked a lot better since that 27-3 loss against the Titans, which after that I thought it was like, this team might be cooked. It might be over <laughs> for the Bengals. But we're going to find a lot about it. Uh, the Bengals in the next three weeks. They're on bye, and they go to San Fran, and mm. then they play, they host Buffalo. Mm. So first two weeks out of the bye, we're going to find out a lot. And then, you know, after, sure. after that comes a divisional stretch. So, you know. If That's they, tough. Yeah. I, I, That's the NFL, though. We talk about it with the AFC North. And that those divisional games are going to be tough. And that's the NFL time. because all of the AFC North teams get each other, but they also get the same opponents. They get the same, they get the same teams, they get the same divisions that they're going to have to face. And that's the NFL. There's really not an easy week in this league. You can find a challenge wherever you go. And that's what the Bengals saw early on in the season. That's why they had to roll with the punches, face a little adversity, um, as have the Seahawks and a lot of other teams. So that's that's kind of what this week was, if I'm going to be honest. That's kind of what this week was. It, it wasn't easy to win anywhere. And the Bengals, like you said, Justin, are going to have to continue dealing with that. Yeah, for sure. Uh, for my game of the week, I put is none an option uh, because <laughs> – yeah. Yeah, there was a lot of a lot of mistakes in a lot of games. Um, things that I feel like I, I've said it before. I like defensive games, but I feel like a lot of these, it was more offense making mistakes than great defense. Uh, and I mean, sure that you could, you could argue that the de- the defense being good is the reason those offense the offense was making mistakes. But some of these is like drops, like like we mentioned, drops. Like that's not a great defensive play. That's a bad offensive play. Mm-hmm. And I feel like there was a lot of that this week. Um, so I, I don't know. I None of these games stuck out to me as a game of the week. I mean, maybe if you want to go like uh, the Ravens, Titans, and the Titans sure. cementing that there will never be a Titans fan in London ever, <laughs> um, or at least as long as Ryan Tannehill's around, uh, there will never be a Titans fan in London. Um, and I think that's that's pretty much guaranteed now. Uh, but I don't know. There, there, there was a, there was a lot of bad games this week. Um, uh, beyond just being good defense and bad offense, I think it was just a lot of bad offense. Um, so going forward, we're hoping to see a little bit less of that. But we did have, in the midst of this terrible week for offense and whatever else, we had some offensive players that had some good weeks. So our dogs of the week, man, Griffin, start us off. Yeah, I'll lead us off, and I'll go with the quarterback of the Washington Commanders. Making a comeback, making a little bit of a step up the ladder. Sam Howell had a great day. He only threw the ball 23 times, only went for 151 yards, but he had three touchdowns and no picks. And 14 for 23, 151, three touchdowns. It's not a game that's 
screaming on the score sheet, but the commanders got the job done. They went and beat the Atlanta Falcons 24 to 16. And that's a big game. And that's a big step in the right direction for the young quarterback, in my opinion. And that's why I think he's my dog of the week because he came through in a moment where they had a big time game. They'd suffered a big time loss. They'd won a couple games and they're trying to figure out who they are as a team. They're trying to figure out what their identity is like, is Ron Rivera still relevant as their head coach? Is Eric Bieniemy helping the offense? There's so many question marks with the commanders. And Sam Howell had a good week. He led his team to a W on the road, and that's a big-time win for them. Yeah, I think there was a lot to like, and I'm a big fan. I, I, I was a big Sam Howell believer in that draft, and I think that maybe he can be a, a good thing in this league, uh, particularly under the mind of Eric Bieniemy, mm-hmm. who we know is just a genius with the offense in Kansas City. Um trying trying to work his way up to a uh, head coaching position and uh, maybe if, if he can somehow engineer Sam Howell into a franchise quarterback I think he, he would just be deserving of something like that yeah by the way in this game worth mentioning Kyle Pitts scored his fourth God. touchdown of his career hey there's life there there's something <laughs> there's a trade piece. um and it's worth mentioning like that Desmond Ritter had had himself a pretty good game as well uh, outside of the interceptions. I was about to say dude. outside of the interceptions, it was like you had these three mistakes, but outside of that, I mean, he was he was kind of dealing. And they're going to him more. I mean, he threw forty seven yeah. passes in this game. And yeah. He was twenty eight forty seven, which is not necessary elite, right? Yeah. By any means, but he's he's finding his groove and he's figuring out how to play the game at this level. Mm-hmm. And Drake London nine for one twenty five. That's great. Yeah, that's great. Good. It's some life in that. There's some life in that Falcons passing attack, which yeah. we have not had for weeks. And if they're going to uh, fight for that division, they're going to need to have a passing attack. They're going to have. They're going to need it. With the Atlanta's at three and three, New Orleans at three and three, Tampa Bay is obviously at three and two. But who knows what they're going to do? So, yeah, I think this was a scenario where the Falcons or where the Falcons offense matched up poorly against the Commanders defense because yeah. the Commanders defense does stop the run pretty well. And they uh, played well enough. Yeah. yeah, and that's Atlanta's whole MO is run the ball, and they weren't able to do it this week. Yep. Um, And I think for that reason, they won that game, and uh, or the commanders won that game, I should say, and uh, Sam Howell had himself a night. Yeah, led the charge. For a day, I guess. Uh, Justin. So, <clears throat> highest scoring game of the week, probably the highest scoring player in fantasy this week. Uh, it was Moster Day in Miami. Yeah. <laughs> 132 yards and three touchdowns against, you know, the winless Panthers. And, you know, he just has a nose for the end zone. Um, I mean, this is like, it feels like his third or fourth multi-touchdown game. I mean, they trust him a lot. This dude's old, too. He's 31. I didn't expect mm-hmm. him to, you know, I don't expect his body to help. Uh, Especially for a running back. Yeah. Yeah. To hold up at this point of his career or at this point in the season because uh, he's notoriously known to be uh, very injury prone. But, mm-hmm. you know, stepped up in a big way. I thought Jeff Wilson would come back this week. He's still on the shelf. And then uh, you got A-Chain on IR as well. He was the guy. And, uh, you know, he's giving him reasons to – you know, play through him in, in some spurts, especially in the red zone. I mean, he gets the ball in the red zone. I swear, he's just always, you know, finding the pile on. He's very efficient. It's it's crazy to see a 31-year-old running back named Raheem Mostert do this. But, I mean, he's for real. He keeps doing it. Yeah. I mean, well, it's like, yeah, one time it's a fluke, but it's been several weeks yeah. now where he's been a top offensive option. Um, So, yeah, big shout-out to Raheem Mostert. He, he's really been balling recently. Um. My dog of the week, uh, maybe one of uh, one of the only other offensive players that had had himself a night. Uh, I'm going with Amon Ross St. Brown, the yeah. sun god, baby. Uh, 12 receptions on 15 targets for 124 yards and a tutty. Uh, That's a good day. Good. That's he a looked, good day. He looked good. In a, in a week, I, there was not much good on the offensive side of the ball outside of Miami. Um, Amon Ross St. Brown had himself a night, and I, I, I think that was – uh, something I was looking for uh, with Detroit. Uh, can they consistently be big on offense? Um, even without some of their top options like uh, Jameer Gibbs. Well, never mind. Uh, Jameer Gibbs is not a top option. <laughs> At least hasn't been. Um, by the way, Craig Reynolds. That block. Craig Reynolds had 10 carries to David Montgomery, six. Had more the rushing yard. Had one more rushing yard. Uh, that so- block was crazy, though. Yeah, uh, but interesting usage of the backs there for. The well, Lions. Monty got hurt. He did. Yeah, he's gonna miss some time. I didn't even know that. So he might Good be to know. Out in a few weeks. So 
But the Lions are figuring out how to do it in multiple ways. They are. Jared Goff's playing really good football. Yeah. Jared man. Goff is playing very good football. 353 yards in the air, two touchdowns. He's got Amon Ra. The chemistry is great. And they're now five and one tied for the NFC league. Yeah. I think looking back to that Matt Stafford, Jared Goff trade, one of those rare situations where it is a win win. It yeah. really was. Yeah. Matt Stafford playing some of his, the best ball of his career in LA with. Uh, Sean McVay wins, Sean McVay. wins the Super Bowl. Yeah, uh, he, he's looking good, and I think the reason that trade needed to happen was because those two quarterbacks needed different scenarios to thrive and succeed, and that's what we're seeing. Sean McVay needs a quarterback who can quickly make decisions on the fly, uh, reading option routes, reading defenses. That is what uh, Sean McVay needed, and that's what he got in Matthew Stafford, Detroit. They got a lot of weapons. They play just need action. somebody. They just need somebody that can play action and deliver, and that is what Jared Goff. They just can need do. someone to run the offense. That's what I'm saying. They need Jared a. Goff can they need that. a bare bones quarterback that can, that has tools to get the job done. And Jared Goff has been getting the job done, and they've been winning games. Yes, he has. So big shout out to Jared Goff. Oh. Uh, uh, doing doing good. A little bit more on Almond Ra. Like he's one of those guys that it's it's not exactly obvious how he's so good. I mean, you see like Jamar Chase, like these physical specimens. Almond Ra's not the biggest guy. He's like six foot, like uh I don't probably two hundred something, maybe over two hundred pounds. But he's not like the fat. He's not a crazy athlete. He's not super fast. But it's just that short field quickness that's so elite that twitchiness and just like knowing where to go not making any mistakes like i just love watching uh guys like amara you know make big plays um you know in like less obvious ways and it's not just pure athleticism he's just a, he's just a like collins went to say he's just a football player man he's just a football player he's well here's a, here's a guy yeah here's a guy and he's with high football. level skill yeah <laughs> like it's not it's not like he's got like you said the physical tools he just his football Sanctition. IQ, his football IQ as a wide receiver is very high. And it kind of reminds me of Cooper Cup. Yeah, yeah. We were just making that comparison to yeah. the Rams. Reminds me of Cooper Cup is in terms of like not being this physical specimen, but gets the job done. And found every, the right every system to where he is Knows where to be. elite. He's elite in his system for Knows his where team. To be. Knows where Goff wants him to be. Yeah. And, you know, with Jameson Williams kind of being that deep threat, taking the acquiring this, you know, safety on those uh, seam routes mm -hmm. and, and all, mm -hmm. you know, helps a lot. You know, and opens uh, it up. Yeah. Laporta's helping a lot too. I mean, they got oh, some good weapons. I Ooh, mean, we didn't even it. mention Josh Reynolds, who's quietly having a better year than Devontae Smith and um yeah. you know, Khalif Raymond too. I mean, they got some guys over there and they're using they all of them. They do. Um, but other dogs you guys want to mention? I think just defenses in general, and we'll probably talk about these games, these situations later, but a big reason why the Cleveland Browns were able to beat the San Francisco 49ers because of their defense. It's not necessarily because of the star studded performance of PJ Walker and company. <laughs> it's because of that defense and how they played against the Niners and how they were able to keep their team in the game throughout the game. They were able to keep their team in the game when it mattered. They were able to shut down Brock Purdy, who had been lights out, who we who we put on a it's the game, Griffin. Hey, it's the game. Who we put on a pedestal, but it seems like he should have been on that pedestal because the man hadn't lost a regular season game. So Browns defense, congratulations. Dog pound, you are all dogs. I do think it's funny <laughs> that the week after we start talking about like, we oh, had yeah. our discussion oh, about yeah. Brock Purdy. Oh, Oh, yeah. of course. Dude, That's the week. There's just something about playing in a dog pound. Like he, every home game I've seen in the Browns, it's always very cloudy. The The field looks a little muddy. It just gets dirty. And you they stay in see, it. You don't see many white jerseys. I know the Browns were all white, but you, you see a lot of uh, stained jerseys. Hey, they play in close games. They, they, they give themselves a chance, and that's what you have to respect, to be honest. Yeah, at the end of the day, this game came down to one mistake at the yeah. end of the game. Yeah. Uh, and it could we could have seen another Brock Purdy win, but Jake Moody couldn't get it done in the rain, you know. But it, that's the way it goes in the NFL, man. Uh, so we got to move on. Much easier to pick from this one. The yeah. biggest letdown of the week. Who wants to kick it off? Um, we're already talking about the Niners, so for me, it's yeah. the Niners. It's just you know, Purdy. We we were on this high. Um, after they stomp the Cowboys you know Debo talking about uh it might be even uglier next time we play um you know the in injuries played a big part in this game uh Debo getting hurt in the first quarter and then McCaffrey exiting not sure when he did that but 
Um, Purdy just didn't have his backbone to lean on. I mean, we see him make occasional big-time throws to Kittle and Ayuk, but, I mean, a lot of it is just playing through the offense, uh, funneling it through McCaffrey and then sprinkling Debo here and there. And, you know, without that that structure, he really struggled against this tough Brown D in Ohio. And it's just, like, crazy to think Brock Purdy hasn't lost a game that he's finished in his career. But the first game he loses is against P.J. Walker. Oh, crazy. A- XFL oh. legend? XFL legend. XFL legend? Houston, uh, what team do you play for? Like the Arlington Renegades or something? something Houston like Roughnecks that. or something? He wasn't with, yeah, he wasn't with the Renegades. He might have been Houston with the Roughnecks. Roughnecks. <laughs> Houston Roughneck legend P.J. Walker. Yeah, hey. huge disappointment. I mean. Now you got me one to look. Shout out the Rock. Yeah, while Riley's looking for P.J. Walker's, P.J. Walker lore. Um, the 49ers were, I mean, they, they were a letdown, I guess, but they just, they didn't play to the level they had been playing at. And I guess that's just the way people are playing in Cleveland this year, because the Browns are three and two with a roster and with a team that should not be three and two. It's like the opposite of the chargers. The chargers should be three and two or four and one. They should, like we use this word should the Browns are just defying the odds and it's sweet. It's cool to watch. Like, look at the dog pound go. And that's fun to watch. And the biggest letdown, Justin said it for him, was the 49ers. And that's just because Brock Purdy wasn't Brock Purdy. And the Browns game plan stopped them in every situation. Yeah. Speaking of beating the odds, quarterback from Temple. It's where P.J. Walker's from. Quarterback from Temple played one year in the XFL, was absolutely tearing it up. He was. That's the year. COVID happened, That's shut down the right. XFL. It would have been probably would have been the XFL MVP. Could have hung up the cleats. It <laughs> could have, could have, but sticks to it. Said I love signs football. with the Colts practice squad. Yep, yep. yep. Then goes to the Panthers. Played pretty well in he the did. short amount of time he, he got with the Panthers and gets his shot with the Browns and uh, looks look look. Hey man, this looks okay. Biggest bra- wins in Browns franchise history. You got to think about how terrible this franchise has been. It's one of the biggest wins in their long, their long like terrible it. history. Feels like it. Well, speak about speak about a big win for a franchise. Is that's the Jets? And oh, my biggest is. letdown is the Philadelphia Eagles because yep. last week we talked about the NFC juggernauts. It's the Niners. It's the Eagles. When are these two teams gonna lose? They have to play each other. And we were like, and we said, man. There's no chance they're going to lose anytime soon. Let's look at these schedules. They're fine. Well, it both happened this week. Oh, man. What is the t- it's the like timing is the cover, the cover for podcast announcers jinx is real. It's real. It must be, man. But, but anyway, Jalen Hurts was not good. And, I'll, and I know, Riley, you'll get into that even more. But as a whole, this is a game the Eagles team has to win. These, these, I'm not going to say it's an easier game, but it's a game on the schedule that's not circled. You yep. talk about the games that are circled. We talk about that all the time, where the Niners game for this Eagles team, that's one you circle on the calendar. Every other week, it's it's a business trip. You're in and you're out. You go to New Jersey, you play the Jets. Nick Sirianni, take care of business. You win this game. That's right. what a Super Bowl team does, and they they got beat. And Robert Sala, it's a big win for him. The Jets are now three and three. So they're really turning things around, to be honest. And, and it's cool to see all credit to the Jets. However, this is a game that the Eagles should have won. And that's why they are one of the biggest letdowns of the week. I feel like they haven't really faced a, a front four like the Jets have. I, mean, I don't think they have. Yeah. Think about the Eagles games and like they just dominate um, both line of scrimmages, um, offense and, and defensive side of the ball. I guess this game, I mean, they couldn't move the ball uh, through the ground much. I don't know how much brotherly shove they they um, they tried, <laughs> but Swift and Gainwell couldn't get going at no, all. Not at all. Um, and yeah, that just, uh, you know, big credit, credit to Credit, uh, big credit to those big dudes up front for uh, New York, the New York Sack Exchange, they call them. Uh, Quinnen Williams, uh, specifically, that big dog up there, you know, that nose tackle is hard to get through. And uh, yeah, the Eagles really struggled. And one thing I will note before Riley, you dive into Jalen Hurts, is that the Eagles, if you want to win a Super Bowl, obviously lost in the Super Bowl last year, you got to find different ways to win. And if you're only going to score 14 points and you, supposedly have one of the most elite defenses in the league. You got to hold Zach Wilson and the jets to under 14 points. And if 
the Jets can score 20 points, you should probably be able to score more than 20 points. So there's definitely some holes there in the Eagles lineup to where it's interesting to see they were challenged. How are they going to respond? Because are they going to lose a couple more games this year than last year? It seems that way. Yeah. They got Julio. They must not be (laughs) completely satisfied with what they're getting out of the receivers. Hey, Julio wide receiver three. Maybe, maybe, maybe. Never know. We can stay on the field. Oh, I mean, why not? Yeah, Yeah, why not? Like, I I love. And that's a guy that AJ Brown looks at as a mentor. Absolutely. Time, time together in Tennessee. Always had looked up to Julio Jones. Comes to Tennessee. They, in the short amount of time, they played together on the field at the same time. The Titans' offense looked great. Oh Uh, my gosh! Yes. It, yeah, no. Last take, time take, it looked great. Yeah, it oh takes God. me back, man. Um, the good, the good old days. Uh, but yeah, going into my biggest letdown. Uh, he, he, Griffin touched on it. it. It's Jalen Hurts, man. Um, you you talk about how the Eagles could only put up fourteen points. It's because they kept going down the field. I mean, Jalen Hurts had he was twenty eight of forty five for two hundred eighty yards. Like he he had good yardage total. He had a touchdown. Uh, through the air and a touchdown on the ground, 47 yards on the ground as well. Like he was over 300 yards from scrimmage, but three turnovers, three interceptions in the worst times for those three interceptions. Uh, You also had DeAndre Swift who lost a fumble of his own. Uh, So four turnovers, they're marching down the field, they're getting down the field and then they're turning the ball over at the worst possible times. I mean, that's, uh, you can't do that if you want to win NFL games, particularly against opportunistic defenses like the New York Jets. They That's have a great, great defense. Um, so if you're going to be reckless with the football, they're going to make you pay, and they did. That's it. Like you said, this is not a game that was circled. This is a game that should have been a gimme. But the Eagles, they, they they were reckless with the football, turned the ball over. Jets won the game because of that. And partly beat themselves, as you bring that point yes. up, because in close games in this league, sometimes the turnover battle decides the ball game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, play. Yeah, Jalen Hurts just down the stretch played very poorly, particularly in that fourth quarter. Mm. Two interceptions, leading drives down the field, and then just throwing it away at the last. Yeah, and second. you got to hold him to a high standard. We know how good he is. Exactly. We, we talk about him as one of these premier quarterbacks exactly. in the NFC. You can't turn the ball over like that. Uh, we were just talking about how it's like Dak. Dak is Dak cooked? Is Dak done for? He's not playing well. Uh, and then we're talking about Jalen Hurts. This like great, great quarterback. One week later. Was, what a week from back and Jalen Hurts. What are you doing? It, it flips entirely. Yeah. So, so it's a it's a crazy league and week in week out, a lot of things can change. Oh, yeah. But you got to be secure with the football. It's the one thing that no matter what happens, no matter who you're playing, security of the football is of the utmost importance every week. And guys have off weeks, however, fourth quarter turnovers. It almost mm-hmm. seems like it's unacceptable. And and when I say that, it's because. These guys, these quarterbacks on these teams, guys that are quarterbacking the best teams in the league are supposed to make really smart decisions down the stretch. I think that's what we were kind of talking about with Josh Allen earlier in the season is he was just making bonehead decisions, and that's why they got beat by the New York Jets. And so with Jalen Hurts, same situation, he was forcing it a little bit at the end of the game, and sometimes that's just not worth it. And the obvious, they obviously paid the price and got beat. I mean, we talk about turnovers at the end of the game, Monday night football case in point. Yeah. Justin Herbert throwing the ball away into danger. Yes. Turns the ball over. They'll lose you any chance of winning that. Game. They had a great chance to win that game. They easily could have won that game. They had, pl- they had time to go down the field and win the game. Justin Herbert throws the ball away, throws the ball in arms way, turns the ball over that, that that's going to happen. If you're, if you're not secure with the football, mm-hmm. Um, also worth mentioning, we said last week is Bill Belichick cooked. It's looking that way. <laughs> it, it's looking that way. Bill Belichick might be cooked. Lost to the Raiders, seventeen to twenty-one. Brian Hoyer was under center. It, he couldn't win because Mac Jones is terrible. Yeah, Mac Jones is awful. Um, also it, like next two weeks, Bills Dolphins for the, for the Patriots. Yeah, Good. it's like. So that's what we mentioned. We said this is one of their last chances to win a game before they're going to go into this tough stretch. Well, they have they have Bills Patriots and then they have these like 50 50 <laughs> games that after they could get cooked, like if they end up, what are they right now? One in five. They're one yep. in five. If they're one in seven going into their game against the commanders, like then it's really eyebrows are up. And then you start thinking hot seat. 
essentially yeah. because yeah, with, the because then they play the commanders and then the Colts and then the Giants. Those are three games where it's like, okay, maybe you could squeak out a win after playing these two juggernauts. So like you said, is he cooked seeming that way? I don't, I, I mean, it's not his fault. He's not playing the game, but he's helping build the team. He's coaching the team. The team seems like the energy in the building is not great. And and that's what I guess we see as outside observers. I mean, we talk about, we mentioned last week, Jacoby Myers and Juju Smith-Schuster, this kind of dichotomy between the two, uh, basically switching, or not switching teams, but Jacoby Myers um, being passed over by New England in favor of Juju Smith-Schuster. Yeah, the money being similar. Money being, the contract's almost exactly the same. Three for 33, yeah. We talk about what Jacoby Myers did in that game. Five catches, 61 yards, touchdown. Where was Juju Smith-Schuster? Take a, take a quick guess how many targets, how many receptions Juju Smith-Schuster had. Uh, I'm going to say three targets for one catch and four yards. Nice try. Zero. <laughs> zero targets, zero receptions, zero yards, zero touchdowns. Juju zero passing attack. Non-factor. And so, that, that that's a, a one and one misstep between whether it's Robert Kraft or Bill Belichick or whoever. I, I would imagine they both have a say in that. Major misstep. So here's the other wrinkle to this development of the cooked one. He is also the GM of the team. So that's what you know, I'm saying. Yeah, that's what like we're the, saying. The player personnel. Like, Absolutely. That's on you too. Yes. The personnel is terrible. I mean, yeah. The, the it's not, it's not NFL 2023. Boneheaded roster. decision to sign Ezekiel Elliott to that contract. Boneheaded decision to sign Juju Smith-Schuster to that contract. John Smith, Hunter Henry. Like, well, Hunter Henry's. Hunter Henry's been fine, but in this game. One catch, yeah. seven yards. It's it's not good in New England. Pay, pay guys to play in the sleep. Yeah, roots go deep. I mean, we can go back to Keel Harry. Yeah, yeah. It's been it's been it's been a little rough there for a while. But mm. moving on, AJ Brown just saying he cried when the Patriots took Nikhil Harry over him. Man, imagine imagine being a Patriots fan and you're you're hearing AJ Brown was so upset that the Patriots didn't draft him that he <laughs> cried. You went and got Nikhil Harry, who what you trade away for? What was it, seventh round pick or something? It was bad. It was bad. Um, Whatever they could get, I almost as bad as the Titans, you know, with Isaiah Wilson. That whole debacle. Um, it, it was rough there, but you know, moving on or or kind of to segue out of Week Six. Any other any other big storylines uh, you were looking at in this game? I think the Last NFC week. in general. Um, Mentioning that the Panthers went up 14-0 on Sunday, and then they dropped the game to the Dolphins 42-21, to and they're starting 0-6. It's the first time in a long time for that team. Well, they, I think they went 1-15 in 2001. That was a rough season, and it looks like this team, man, it's just a tricky, tricky, tricky situation for the Panthers, but not a whole lot there, just the fact that they're the only, you know, they're the only one this team here. And then at the top of the NFC, on the flip side, everybody's 5-1. and one. Eagles, Niners, and the Detroit Lions. And, and I'll, I'll get more into Detroit uh, a little later. But, uh, yeah, if it seems like scoring da- is down this year, well, it is. Um, it has been 245 passing touchdowns so far through six games in 2018. Through six games, it was 328. That's a drop. Wow. Over 25%. Um, the unders are hitting 61.5% of the time. That's the highest since 91 um, the average margin of victory is twelve point one. That's and that that's that just seems really crazy. Um, that uh, I think that that is kind of conflated from the um Dolphins. Denver the Denver Dolphins game. Okay, okay. Well, the sack rate is the highest since two thousand at seven point two percent, and uh, no explosive plays. Twenty plus yard game rate is think, at five point six percent, and I think that sack rate comes from the fact that I think we are in an age of the NFL where we see so much defensive line talent, yes. lots of pass yeah. talent in the league. Because, on the because, flip side yeah. of that, on the flip side of that, tackle. the offensive tackle talent is at an all time low. I would say, yeah, I think, I think it's a, it's a mismatch of the talent currently in the NFL right now. That's a great point. And that's an interesting talking point as well, because when you really think about it, what are teams building around at this point? They're going after D tackles, D linemen, mm-hmm. edge edge rushers early and often yeah. in draft yep. because you got to get after the quarterback. And the Lions brand of football is working in today's NFL. 
And Dan Campbell knows that he plays a ferocious, fiery level of football. That was my coach. That was my coach of the year pick. And he's been doing really well. Um, and he plays or he doesn't play, but he coaches his team to play with a lot of energy, with a lot of passion. And they've been playing well. It's almost like the Eagles have limped their way to five and one. And it seems like the Lions have powered their way to five and one. Yeah. It, it, uh, yeah. It, it, it's just it's a great it's, way to put it. It just great seems way. like there's a different vibe to it. And yep. that's kind of the fun piece with this NFC picture is because they could end the season with the exact same record and it could look completely different. And that could paint the picture of the playoffs. And that's why it's a surprising storyline after this week. I agree. Any other, any other, any other things y'all want to touch on before we move on to week seven? I mean, I guess we'll mention Anthony Richardson being out for the season, getting sold, getting shoulder surgery. He could have been in that conversation for rookie of the year. Obviously week after week, we can talk about young Stroud Richardson being New guys on the block, all in the same division, or not all in the same division, but Stroud and Richardson, obviously, and then Bryce Young in the other South division. But um, it's just a tough, tough situation for the for the yeah. Colts and for Shane Steichen because he was showing flashes of being really good. He was ahead of schedule. I mean, like it was, was. way overblown. We're talking about project quarterback. Like it's going to take time. He's so raw. And like his completion percentage wasn't too high, but uh, I think it's like a justice completion percentage was much better, which uh, mm-hmm. accounts for drops and stuff. And the the he flashed like the highlight plays were there, the wow plays were there to make you think like, okay, I think he's gonna be around for a long time. And as you know, Griffin, the Colts fan, like I, he finally got a franchise quarterback. You know, it's been a while. Since we we maybe I mean he's got to get healthy, right? And he's got to stay on the field. Yeah. He's got to figure out how to stay healthy. But and it sucks because you have like these what four games to judge for. A whole another year. True. Like you're not going to see. And it, if that, August. I mean, he barely played snaps. I mean, right. we saw a lot of Minshew around Anthony Richardson. So, but he did show that he is a ahead of schedule. B Shane Steichen seems to be that guy as far as developing quarterbacks. Jalen Hurts might be missing that guy this year. Looking like it right now. And yeah. so, and then just interesting situation for the Colts. Can Gardner Minshew anchor this team and can they string together some more wins or is it just going to go downhill? That's a, it's a fun storyline just to keep track of as we head through the season. Yeah, certainly something to keep your eye on, but week seven, any specific things that you are looking forward to in week seven? So I'll just stay on the Lions front. Um, They're going into Baltimore this week. They're not favored. It's minus three favor of the Ravens. And uh, you know, this is a game where they can, you know, they win this game. I, I feel like it's it gets serious in terms of contender talk for for the Lions. I mean, it's only been two teams in the NFC. It's been Eagles, Niners, Eagles, Niners, Eagles, Niners. Well, they lost big last week. The Niners and then the Lions took care of business on the road against the Buccaneers. Um, and then they have another chance to do it. They do it again this week against the Ravens. I mean, I think the NFC playoff picture just opens just a little bit more. I mean, it's still pretty tight. Like, I wouldn't pick anybody past the Lions to, you know, be considered for even the NFC championship game, for being completely honest. But, uh, mm. yeah, it, it's just fun to see a, a, a new dog in the room now. I mean, we, we've been waiting on Detroit. Detroit fans have been waiting on to be relevant for years. Um, they have a very long playoff drought, if I'm if I'm not mistaken. It's been since, I mean, Stafford like 10 years ago. They haven't won a playoff game. It has been a while. In a long time. Like, I, I, I can't even be – I'm not certain they've won a playoff game in their entire history. But, you know, showed great signs, great growth uh, last year with Dan Campbell. Um, you know, beat the Packers. And now, you know, they're they're ahead of um, th- those expectations now. I mean, we're talking about a team that can be 6-1 and one after this week and uh, really a headlock on that division. Yeah, for sure. Griffin? Yeah. And, Justin, I love that you bring out that game because that's a fun game. We're looking for games of the week. We're calling for them. Yep. Well, I got another one for you. Another AFC versus NFC, just like you said, Justin. How about the Eagles and the Dolphins facing off? I love it. I love a battle it. of juggernauts, if you will. Two five and one teams coming together. Great, fantastic offense of the Miami Dolphins versus a very, very good defense for the Philadelphia Eagles and a very well-rounded team in the Philadelphia mm-hmm. Eagles. So yep. I'm really excited for this game. And I think this game could paint a picture on both sides because we saw the Dolphins play the Bills. We haven't really seen the Eagles play anybody crazy, and they just got beat by the Jets. So I would expect Nick Sirianni to be a little hot coming into this game, wanting to get a win against a big-time team, one of the best offenses, if not the best offense in the NFL. This is a fun one, and I'm anticipating this game. I'm anticipating watching this game and trying to take away a lot from this game as well. Can the Dolphins offense really operate against a high-level defense? 
can the Eagles compete with a really good team? And maybe can they like beat them handily? It's it's an interesting dynamic for both of these teams, and I'm really looking forward to it. Yeah, it's certainly the marquee matchup of the week. Everyone, the one everything everybody's gonna be looking at. Um, but really quickly, as we wrap up our week six talk, uh, we move into our week seven talk. The fantasy starts and sits. Who we got? I mean, I'll make it quick. James Cook against the Patriots. Uh, they're gonna be up most of this game. Uh, Damian <laughs> Harris is out. Their running back room is a little. Less thin. He was a guy who took away some goal line work from James Cook. Um, and he's he, you know, a lot of opportunity for him this game to get the ball. Gonna be up most of the game. So I, I like James Cook this this week. And I'm sitting Amari D. Mercado. Why? Because he's a nobody and <laughs> he was a big waiver pickup last week. And then, you know, Keontae Ingram's out snapping him. So just just sit him and deal with your mistake. I'm gonna go ahead and this guy's a regular, first of all. Let's go back. Start Jerome Ford. I feel like we've said start him, sit him. Start him, sit, start him, start him, start him, him against the Colts because the Colts have seen some holes in the defensive line, defensive front. Their defensive front's really good, but Travis Etienne was ridiculous, and he's been really good, and they've given up a lot of touchdowns to running back. So I like the Jerome Ford start for the Browns against Indianapolis. Sit Najee Harris against the Rams. He has not been good. He has not been in carries. If you if you don't have him on your bench already, put him on your bench. I know it's a big bye week. Doesn't matter. Sit him anyway. The downfall of Najee Harris has been unbelievable. Crazy. crazy. That ADP was so high. This man needs to get on your bench. I'm saying I drafted him. I think I drafted him like I think it was like seventh round. He was still hanging around. I was like, I might as well. And that probably felt like I a regret value. it. Yeah, I, I probably drafted it. him earlier than that. I regret it. He's like, he's like. Projected eight points. Nah, it's yeah, bad. And that's, and yeah, no, it's, he's game. projected no points, and you still start him because he's Najee Harris, and he's playing Aaron Donald and Byron Young, and all them LA Rams sit him. Jalen Warren don't play him. More work. Yeah. Also, shout out Byron Young. Quietly yeah. having a really good season. Big time VFL. Really good season. Leads all rookies in like pressures and sacks or something like that. Mm-hmm. He's leading rookies in a, in, in a lot. He's of getting a lot of playing time and he's making the most dude, of it. That whole Rams defense is just a bunch of like you see the names on the back of the jerseys. Like, dude, this is like creative player. Like some dude named Yeast Durant, like Weatherspoon, who's balling by the way. <laughs> Kelly Weatherspoon's balling, but uh, it's crazy. Yeah, yeah that Kelly Weatherspoon pass breakup was insane. Did you I actually, see that? I actually didn't see it. No, I, oh, I've, I've seen he's been balling. He's it was like a blown body. coverage. These guys are good. It was like a blown coverage. He speeds up and it, like he somehow outstretches his arm and knocks the ball out the way. It was crazy pass breakup. But yeah. uh, next time you watch the Rams, just look at the names on the back of the defenders' jerseys. Like, yeah, it's it, hilarious. It, Tell it, me if you could name one. Durant. Like, yeah, Kevin. Kevin Durant. Um, but my start, I'm going with Jacoby Myers at Chicago. That's um, a good one. Chicago defense isn't great. And uh, Jacoby Myers, uh, I, I like what he's been doing recently. My sit, Terry McLaurin against mm. the Giants. Mm. Don't like the matchup there uh, against Dory Jackson, um, the Giants' top corner. Um, he's been playing pretty well this season. And uh, Terry Mack, don't see him uh, doing too well against that. But uh, we move from there into our Week 7 prediction. Let's go. All right, we don't have to talk about records. No, we have to. <laughs> we do, we do, we do. We have, we have to. to. For the, we'll talk about it's for the people. How we went last week. Um, how did we do? Jack led us at eleven and four. Oh, that's good. Justin, second place with ten and five. Hey, that's good, dude. I didn't know that. Look at yeah. you go. I didn't know that. Look at yeah. you go. I thought I had a bad week. Yeah, and then Griffin and I tied up at nine and six this okay. week. We're all pretty close every yeah, week. Yeah, no, I wish I were more like seven, six wins. Okay. Like separated. Okay. Yeah. Um, and then on the bets, Jack, uh, one and two on the week, taking him to 11 and seven. Um, Justin, man, uh, one and two on the week, taking him to four and 14. Gambling's <laughs> um, a sin anyway. Like, why would you even do that in the first place? <laughs> like, we're not even sponsored by no sports book. Like, oh, uh, man. We got then- someone in here who can't even gamble. Like, <laughs> And then I went one and two, um, and to go nine and nine so far on the season, um, and then our cumulative records. Jack, fifty-eight and thirty-five. Okay, pretty good. Justin, fifty-five and thirty-eight. I did not expect to be in second. 
You're not. You're not. Oh, oh. What? What did you say about this? I was, I was just saying that. I, I was going to order. Don't get your hopes up. So, yeah. I'm at 55. Okay. Yeah. Griffin, 59 and 34. Come on. In the lead by a game. Come on now. But I'm right behind. 58 and You and Jack. So, Jack. Jack. 59, 258. Hey, Justin, you're still in it, though. It's so early. No, I'm not worried at all. Yeah, yeah it is still very early. It's so early. There's. And it's fun. A third, it's fun. There's two thirds of the season. So I was see. up by a couple games. I lost my Jack caught up, but yeah, hey, that's what it is. Well, so it here's is. where we make. Uh, hey, let's say, let's right see if Justin can, can uh, catch up on, on this week. You know what that means? You gotta, you know, keep doing what you're doing. Some, I guess you gotta some low wolves. I just got. I mean, just do your thing. Go or start. We start Thursday night football prime time. Yep. Jacksonville taking on New Orleans. Jags even with Beathard. Yeah, we'll, we'll we'll go with uh we'll start with uh, I'll start with Jacks. New Orleans. Uh, he's he's taking New Orleans. You said you're going with uh Jacksonville. Yeah, I think Lawrence plays, but he, is Lawrence expected to play? Because even if he doesn't, I think they still. Win. I don't think he's not expected to play. Taking Jacks. Yeah, ballsy, I, I like it. Who did Jack pick? New Orleans. I I'm gonna also go with the Saints at home. I'm going with the Saints at home as well. He started early with the with the low. Without, yeah. uh, this says a day ago, Trevor Lawrence optimistic he will play. That's oh. that's insane. hey, there you go. Maybe hey. maybe hey, All take right. it and run with but it. No matter what, like Beathard, we're riding. Let's go. <laughs> I expect it. Uh, next up, we got Detroit and Baltimore. Jack going with the Ravens. Detroit sticking with them, even though Ravens are my hot pick in the beginning of the year. Um, Give me Dan Campbell. I pick him like every week. Give me the Lions. Yeah, I can't pick against the Lions. Wow. Okay. Oh, okay. Wow. Okay. I love the Lions. I I made this mistake last year where I picked them and picked them and picked them and they kept losing games. But I like I love the Lions. I was gonna man. say I don't want to pick the Ravens now, even though they the could win. But uh, next up we got Las Vegas and Chicago. Oh my gosh, Jack went with the Raiders. As will I. Raiders. First sweep of the week. We're talking about like Aiden O'Connell or Brian Hoyer versus Tyler Tyson Badgent. Yeah, T bag. Yeah, that dude look like a high schooler. Is this? I'm yeah. going with Las Vegas. Um, next up, Cleveland and Indy. Jack went with Cleveland. Go with Indy. I'll take the Colts at home. I mean, why not? We're gonna split it right down the middle because I'm going with Cleveland on this one. It's a toss up. I mean, yeah, it is. I don't know. The you got the backup quarterbacks and the teams that aren't great. Yeah, get solid defenses, offensive hey. or man. Yeah, oh, wait, a lot of backup quarterback matchups. Definitely. Yeah, this week. It's gonna be plenty. Tough to find game of the plenty. week next week. Um, yeah. next up, it's gonna be like, yeah. yeah. Actually, as I saw, it gets better. tough to find any outside of like a couple. Yeah, correct. Um, There's some. All right, what's next? Buffalo, New England. Jack went with Buffalo. As will I. Come on. <laughs> yeah, that's that's might be the easiest sweep of the week, baby. I'm riding with Buffalo. Bill Belichick is cooked. <laughs> got Washington and the Giants. Jack went with the Giants. Giants, they put up a good fight last week. Uh, but I'm gonna stick with the Commanders. I'm gonna go New York Football Giants. Okay, another one. We're gonna split right down that's the middle. Fine. That's I'm fine. going with the Commanders Let's on go. this one. Let's go. Next up, Atlanta and Tampa Bay. Jack going with Tampa Bay. Ooh, I'm gonna go with Tampa Bay. Give me the, give me the, give me Ritter. Give me the Falcons. Another one. We're gonna split down the middle. That's I'm going with the Falcons, oh, man. Ooh, are we gonna see some movement. We're gonna see some movement. That game's pretty good. There's a lot of, there's a lot of split down the middle games here. Sure. I, I like it. Up, Pit, Pittsburgh and the LA Rams. Another Jack. one where it's like, yeah, Jack went the Rams. 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 Yeah, I don't know if this was actually it's also Griffin. Uh, we're going, we're we're sweeping this one. You can never, you can never count out Tom. But uh, against a coach like Sean McVay, I'm willing to pick against Tom, especially um, on the road. Yeah. Next up, Arizona potentially seeing the return of Kyler Murray and Buda Baker against the Seattle Seahawks. Jack went with Seattle. Yeah, I don't care. Seattle. I don't care about little boy. Boy. Little boy, little <laughs> boy, our our COD champion, yeah, Call of Duty champion. Oh, he's not coming back this week. You don't think so? I think he's I don't. I don't. A few weeks away. It doesn't I think matter. He, he tweeted me. practicing today. Hey, he tweeted that. <laughs> of course he did. He tweeted. Practicing hey, what was he practicing? Today. Is his moves on the sticks? Yeah, he was <laughs> practicing his moves on the practicing sticks. Practicing his slide cancels. <laughs> slide give me, cancels. give me Seattle. 
Yeah, I'm going with Seattle. That's going to be a sweep for the Seahawks, man. Going with Green Bay and Denver next. Jack going with Denver. What did he say exactly? He said something about oh, the uh, about the um betting odds. We gotta we gotta. We Who's gotta the money on? Who's the money on? We gotta throw it in there for him. Broncos line should not be that close. So Denver will win. Exclamation point. I'm gonna agree with him actually, not for the same reason. This yeah. man. This man's not real. <laughs> Give me the Packers. <laughs> Griffin going with the Packers being the anti-betting. Uh, I'm actually going to go with Denver on this wow. one. Wow. sweep. Like, like, we're all picking against Denver, and you're the only one picking um, against them. Like, that's that's nice. We're all picking. Yeah, Gr- yeah, Griffin, Lone Wolf. A Lone Wolf against Denver? Denver is pretty nice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. I feel like Denver is going to win a couple here and there, and I feel like this is one that it could definitely happen. Um, I picked them when they won their only game. That's true. That's and true. I'm not going to pick them this week. <laughs> Next up, we got the Chargers in Kansas City. Jack, of course, going with Kansas City. Yep, Chiefs. I'll pick the Chiefs, but I could see this game being close. This one, it will be close. But um, Staley cannot make a clutch. Yeah, I don't, I don't believe in Staley. Starting, I've been a Justin Herbert guy, starting to question Justin Herbert a little bit. The Chiefs will also drop one or two more. It's just when will it be? It's kind of hard to I don't see happening this week. I'm so going with against the Easy sweep. Yeah, true. Sunday night football. Man, marquee matchup of the week. Here we go. Miami, Philadelphia. Let's go. Jack going with Philly. I'm going to go with Philly. I'm going to go with the Eagles. Because they're at home, I think. Yep. So, and I think Sirianni's hot. Yeah, after a loss. We're going to see a rare Riley Lone Wolf. Oh. I'm going with Miami. Let's go. Hey. up Eagles secondary. I love it. I love the matchup hey, here that's Miami. Fair. I'm going yeah, with Miami. Up. So, Might Monday night football. Up. I have to stay up for this one. Yeah, yeah. That, that one's going to be nice. Monday night football, San Francisco and Minnesota. Loki, I kind of like the matchup here. I kind of like what we got going on here. Jack going with San Francisco. Niners. Shanahan was so upset in Cleveland. I do not see them losing. It's funny. Like, after a good team loses, like, you just know they're going to win. Yeah, I can't, I can't pick against San Francisco. Um, uh, I'm, We're going to sweep that one. Yeah. Pretty easily, I would say. Um, Now we go into our week seven. Hey, I will just say about the predictions next week, this one could get interesting. With the games. With all these split table lone yeah, wolf action, uh, yeah, yeah, we could see some the cumulative records movement. could be a little. We could see some movement, and I'm pumped about it. Big risers, big fathers. Let's go, Justin. <laughs> Can he do it? I'm Can't not do... that far behind. No, not at all. That's what I'm saying. Y'all know the the meme of uh, the, what's the guy that did the what happened? Like, oh, James Rose. There's like a meme with him. Oh, yeah, it says man. he's coming. Oh yeah, we're yeah. doing that Is with that me, Justin. He's coming. <laughs> He's on his way. A little disrespectful. We start. (laughs) We start with uh Jack's week seven bets. Alvin Kamara over 50 and a half yards rushing. Cleveland minus two and a half, and Tyler Lockett over 54 and a half yards receiving. Justin. So I can't promise these will hit, but you gotta do it anyway. I'm going going three and oh. Lions plus three. Jalen Hurts over two two forty-four and a half passing yards. Forget I gotta type these out, man. I, I don't remember actually. All right, Detroit plus, plus three. three. Jalen Hurts over 244 and a half passing yards. And then Say that number again. 244 and a half. Half yards passing. Okay. Kamara over 50 and a half rush yards. Okay. I don't hate that one. Yeah, it's, there's some, there must be something to that one since you and Jack are going with it. What, Kamara line? Yeah. Okay. Uh, I'm also going with a Kamara line. Um, but not the same one. I'm going to go with Alvin Kamara over 86 and a half yards from scrimmage. Um, I think he might get a little more work through the air than uh, the ground this week. I'm going to go with Kyle Pitts over two and a half receptions. He's slowly been getting he's the last couple of weeks. He's had like four and then like eight last week. Um, That's a crazy low for where they drafted low. him. <laughs> two and a half. Yeah, exactly. I, yeah, that's why I'm kind of like maybe, maybe we, this is an easy one. Maybe this is a layup, or at least the past couple of weeks it has Jack, been. Jack's gonna say Vegas knows something. They're trying to get you. That's why. They he, are. That's why he. They're trying to get like, you. All of mine are locks. 
<laughs> Kenneth Walker, I'm going to take him with an anytime tutty. Uh, they should be up early in that game against Arizona. Um, I like him to, to get a touchdown along the line. It's going to wrap it up for this week. Week seven prep, week six recap for the cover four guys. I'm your host, Riley Haltham, with Justin Klimmer, Griffin Hadley, Jack Foster not here this week. Hopefully we'll be back next week. Um, we appreciate you all for watching, for tuning in, um, and we will see you next week. We keep it coming each and every week, Cover 4 Podcast. Thanks for watching.